and welcome back to Real Clear with Dr. Klein, the crossroads of politics and psychology. If you would like to listen to ad-free episodes and have access to daily and weekly releases, essays, and other membership perks, and you also want to help in the production of this program, go to realclearpodcast.com and click subscribe. There are a lot of places in this world where you can put your money, and so I thank you for considering membership to realclearpodcast.com. I hope you enjoy this next episode. Good morning, everyone. It is Monday, October 30th, 2023. I spent my weekend rather peacefully helping my neighbors who run small wineries get their harvest in from the fields and ready for processing. They rely on the good gestures of those of us who live around to wander over and help them pick in the autumn season. Uh, usually a group of 10 to 12, sometimes as large as 30 if it's a larger spread. It's a very peaceful time. I don't have to tell any of you who have put your hands in the earth or have engaged in agrarian pursuits. That's not all it is, of course. Agriculture can be really rough. But my point is putting your hands on something real and certainly helping out some good people at a time that they need it and uh, moving things along and spending time with your neighbors talking through the grapevine. Uh, There's nothing like it. And for those of you who have been with me for a while, you tend to know that when I get engaged in the pursuits of the physical, of building or something like that, um, I I step away from the podcast. Although don't worry, take a sip of your coffee and relax. But after such a harmonious weekend with others and so forth, and doing something real that made a lot of sense, for some reason I woke up wondering what the purpose of compassion is. We're so divided right now, especially in America and especially at a time of geomilitary problems, that I wondered, is there a way that we can really exist and live together? We've got so many people talking about globalizing the intifada. For those of you who don't know what that means, intifada means the uh, shaking off of oppression and of occupation uh, through violent revolt. And we've got people calling for that on college campuses. We've got a growing number of calls for violence against Jews In Ithaca, an extremely progressive area of the country where Cornell and Ithaca College are located, Jewish students were sheltering in their dorms because of growing threats on Cornell student pages against them. I mean, so we've got some very strange behavior uh, transpiring right now in American politics. In New Orleans, we've got a group of pro-Palestinian marauders driving a truck through an Israeli group and setting the Israeli flag on fire. In London, there are hundreds of thousands of people taking to the streets to demonstrate against Israel. In Chicago, the pro-Israel and pro-Hamas protesters actually broke out into a violent fight. You can find the video on X. And all of this at a time when we have a man who is clearly in the senility of his life and in clear decline in front of our very eyes, uh, leading the way, so to speak. And the only other rival who is on the horizon is a political fugitive who has the most bizarre antics in memory. So what now? What do we do as a collective? How do we somehow pursue unity? Is that even possible? I'm not claiming I have any answers here, truly. I'm just rather associating out loud to you. Again, in the aftermath of my having spent such a peaceful weekend doing something that made sense, it can be daunting to return to addressing things that make little sense. How can such a scourge of anti-Semitism be tracked out in public 
Is understanding even important at times like this? This is the same question as, what is the utility of open-mindedness versus closed-mindedness? It's become a modern cliché, especially in academia, that one must always be open-minded. But isn't there a place for closed-mindedness also, in order to preserve tradition and what is good? How do you stay open-minded to intifada on U.S. soil and somehow entertain democracy simultaneously? So in this sense, I wonder, is compassion uh, the same in some ways as pity? Because compassion is used to understand infants in its most basic sense. When an infant lacks the capacity to use reason, uh, especially in pre-verbal states, then we try to infer what their needs are through actions that are imaginative to what their state is. Is compassion for some of the factions that I've just described not also pitying? Do these factions really know what they're doing? Do they tune in to really what's happening in the world, or are they simply acting in some sort of costume play, as is the case in so many areas of youth functioning? And as some of you have heard me say before, compassion is not the same as gratification, although modern parenting books would have you believe that it is. So could compassion be containment for these wayward pro-Hamas groups in America and the West, in a sense saying no and you're far out of line and this won't be tolerated? Is that not also compassion? to help them redirect themselves towards proper functioning in society. And by proper, I mean recognition that certain things are better than other things. It's not all just some sort of parallel play. Getting more specific, what I mean is, there is a clear moral difference between one side who rests barrels of guns on the shoulders of children, who literally take cover in hospitals and schools, versus the Israeli state, who obviously do none of those things and try to protect their civilians, and try to the best of their abilities not to target civilians on the other side either. And look, I'm not making some sort of needlessly declarative statement on the moral superiority of one side versus the other. My point is more that how could so many people not see the differences between these sides, between these forces? On a more absurd point, how could we have signs like LGBTQ for Hamas or Palestine when in that country they would be killed for their very lifestyle? Holding that sign would get them killed and thrown off of a building when in Israel they would be free to live their lives however they would like. And somehow Israel is the oppressor. One way many are making sense of these kinds of inversions is that the Marxist class struggle has been superimposed onto various other intersectional conflicts. By that I mean Israel is the more successful nation and is somehow perceived as emanating from white Europeans, and now they must be the oppressor since there always has to be an oppressor and oppressed, and Hamas is the one to be sided with or the Palestinians because they are the perceivably less advantaged. I certainly think that's true writ large across society, that the Marxist imperative is being trickled down through just about everything. But is that giving too much credit in a conscious sense to the people who are demonstrating so floridly the way they are across Western civilization? Do they have any framework in mind? Are they thinking at all in any paradigmatic way about what they're doing? I don't think they are. I think this is mostly childlike cosplay. And so again, how do you empathize with a child? It's not always gratification. Sometimes it's just saying no. That's not happening. Like Larry Summers did, the former president of Harvard, distanced himself from his former university and encouraged others to stop donating to the school. It's been a success. 
Maybe one way that I'm wrapping my peaceful weekend pursuit of helping my neighbors and their harvest to this is that I don't see a connection with reality, especially in modern youths. And after a realizing weekend of putting my hands on things that are real, which I often do, again, if you've been with me a while, you know, and coming back and wondering about how people are so out of touch with reality, the absence of contact with the physical and material world, I think makes it very difficult for people to establish what's really going on in reality if all they're doing is engaging in pixelated simulations of reality. So, well, I guess this is an ongoing question, how to make contact with our neighbors if they're not making contact with reality and not getting drifted too far astray in our pursuits to reach them, but nevertheless keeping that as an ideal, the ideal of making contact with them if we can in some fashion. That's all for this morning, folks. Be well, and I'll talk to you soon.